Do you want to make more Dynasty trades? Sure, we all do. Tune in once a week to the Trade Addicts podcast and see how easy it is to train to be a great Dynasty trader. At Trade Addicts Pod, thousands of men and women have prepared to win championships without sacrificing value. And now, from your phone, car, or computer, you can learn to increase your team's Dynasty value. Many topics such as Keep Trade Buy, Make Amends, and Trade Addicts Trades will get you ready to make your own trades. So make the important call right now and check out the Trade Addicts Podcast. Welcome to the DLF Dynasty Podcast with your hosts, Dan Myler, Ryan McDowell, and Matt Price. Yeah, we are the DLF Dynasty Podcast, but we are Dan and we are Ryan. We are not Matt once again this week. He is away, uh, taking a little preseason vacay, getting ready for the grind of the NFL season, Ryan. So it's just me and you, bud. Yeah, Matt, uh, pick the right time to get out of Southern California for a little while. We'll miss him this yeah. week, but he is uh, he is safe and sound and having, having a good week, I'm sure. Yeah, that's great news. We got a lot of great stuff to get to on this show. We're going to try to actually, me and you, Ryan, we're going to try to talk about every single rookie that is on our listeners' dynasty rosters. We're going to hit as many as we possibly can. Like over 40 names we're going to get to. We're going to say something about them all. So we better get to it. We're also talking trade. But first, uh, we got this startup to hit. The Startup. Yeah, the startup could have gone a few different ways this week, Ryan, but the, I think the most important thing we saw in the last few days in fantasy football in general, and certainly in Dynasty, is that running back in Denver. Javante Williams back on the field in week two of the preseason against the 49ers. Had a modest line, stat line, I would say. Three carries for 12 yards. Also caught four balls for 18 yards. He was involved. It felt like the Broncos really wanted to find out what they have there with Javante and see how that knee would hold up. Uh, it looked it looked like Sean Payton especially wanted to know what he had in this preseason and, and how he can depend on Javante in the regular season. What did you see when you uh, when you saw Javante get the ball on Saturday night? I mean, just uh, just seeing him on the field in general was impressive, I thought. But yeah, I think you're totally right that uh, they really wanted to see what they what they had with Williams if he was fully ready to go. And I think we talked about a few weeks ago when he uh, when he got fully cleared or when it was announced that he would not go on the camp pup list. We had we had had that conversation then, and if I remember correctly, we were still kind of kind of doubting the situation, doubting if, if he really would be uh, ready to go, if he'd be fil- fully healthy or if we would have another J.K. Dobbins situation. And I mean, I guess we I guess we still could. But Williams looked pretty good, especially, as you mentioned, uh, catching the ball. I think he had four catches in that game. Um, he and he and uh, Samaje P. Ryan, you know, split the work. There were uh, just a little over 20 snaps with the starters and and Williams had 13 of those ran eight routes and and saw five targets so really heavily involved um I mean I still expect it to be somewhat of a committee to start the the season I think that's 
understandable and realistic, but I, th- I think if you've got Williams, Javante Williams on your roster, if you've held through this value dip uh, due to the injury, you've got to be feeling pretty good right now. Yeah. I, th- I think for dynasty managers, you saw him on the field, you saw him take some hits and you saw him get back up, right? That's yeah, a, yeah. that's a pretty severe injury that he had. And, and he really recovered relatively quickly. I would say yeah. Williams, he looked quick and he looked agile um, for, for a guy coming off this injury. And like you said there, Pirine mixed in, right? I think this is what dynasty managers can probably expect. We're going to get some Samaj Pirine, but that doesn't necessarily mean uh, it's a negative for Javante because as that workload showed, Javante, uh, he was the he was the bell cow really of the of that backfield. Certainly got the lion's share of the touches, and Samaje Pirine was just mixing in. There was a time when we all thought we could get Samaje Pirine on our dynasty rosters, and for the first month or two of the season, we might have a number one running back. But that doesn't seem to be the case unless Javante has a uh, has a mishap in his recovery here and, and all point, all signs are pointing up. Um, Pirine's really just a running back four on your roster and maybe a guy you can flex from time to time if you need him. Um, I know you looked at the, at the trade finder, um, Ryan for Javante. Did you see anything interesting there? Yeah, there were, there were some good ones. Uh, I mean, the going rate still seems to be a future first. There were a couple of trades that involved essentially Javante Williams for uh, a, 2020, a 2024 first rounder. One of those was Jeff Wilson and a 24 first rounder. Um, then there were several package deals that honestly were kind of surprising to me. Uh, this one was, was pretty fun. Javante Williams for DeAndre Swift. Alvin Kamara and Darren Waller, all three of those pieces. So, you know, if you're talking about a win now team, maybe you're a little worried about uh, carrying Javante Williams into the season, even after this past weekend, that's a pretty good, uh, that's a pretty good haul. Um, Quentin Johnston, Javante Williams for Quentin Johnston was another one. Uh, yeah. I, I would say that's, that's similar to flipping him for a, for a future first. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's a mid up. to late first round pick. And that's what Javante's value should be right now. If you're selling him, you're certainly not considering anything less than that. And if you're buying him, no. you probably don't want to spend more than that at this point. Although I would say the arrow is pointing up. The vibes are pretty good with Javante. They have been all preseason. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, I think we can expect him moving forward again, like you said, in, unless there is some type of setback. I think we can expect him to uh, continue to gain value. I, I thought it was interesting. His current ADP is running back 15 and 51 overall. And I don't, I don't know if dynasty dynasty managers were uh, doubtful. Like we were a couple of weeks ago that he would actually uh, get back on the field and, and make a real impact. But that's, that's a drop from even what we saw in June and July. Uh, in fact, it's pretty close to his ADP low, from this past December when he was the RB 18 and 55 overall. So I think we, I think we're safe in assuming he's going to gain value Uh, looking at some of the players ahead of him in that ADP, Josh Jacobs, Travis Etienne, Ramondre Stevenson, Najee Harris, Kenneth Walker. You know, some of those guys are are suddenly on um, shaky situations themselves due to, uh, 
some other running backs pushing them. Uh, so we could, I mean, we could see Williams, you know, maybe even back in the top 10 soon. Yeah, it wouldn't be all that surprising. I watched that football game, that 49ers game for, with the Broncos. And man, behind Javante and Samaje, they don't have a whole lot. They have Tony Jones Jr., who ran it a handful of times. And he had a big run, I think, at 40 yards or something. But he end, ended the game with like 40 yards. And he was playing against <laughs> backups. He didn't look particularly impressive. So uh, Bronco fans are hoping those two uh, top backs stay healthy. Uh, let's get to this rookie report because we got a lot of work to do here. It's time for the Rookie Report. Yeah, Ryan, let's take a look at the most recent rookie ADP that was pulled off of MFL, my fantasy league, uh, and talk about some risers and fallers. We'll go through some notes, news and notes from the preseason, and just get a feel for how we feel about pretty much every rookie out there. And it starts right at the top. Bijan Robinson, Ryan. Uh, I'm sure you saw the run. I'm sure all of our listeners saw the one run. He only had four carries in his preseason debut, just 20 yards, but that was a pretty sick cutback. He he made, I don't know what that safety's name is, but uh, it, it, man, it's going to end up on a football card or something. <laughs> he he looked pretty good on that one run. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if there's much value to gain for Robinson at this point. You know, he's already hands down the RB one in dynasty, certainly the one Oh one in, in rookie drafts. If you still have uh, a late rookie draft coming up. Uh, I mean, I guess the conversation goes to Jamar chase and, and uh, Justin Jefferson, if he's going to overtake those guys, I'm, I'm not quite to that point yet, but um, yeah, in, in that limited action, he certainly was impressive and uh, kind of makes us forget the, uh, the RB three on the depth chart stuff pretty quickly. We, we all kind of knew that was, uh, not something to to take seriously, but um, I mean this this Falcons team it really should be fun to watch this year with those three young guys um, as, as key parts of the offense. And I, I mean it just it feels like Bijan is going to live up to the hype. Ouch! Desmond Ritter fans right now are saying just three three young guys to watch. There, there's a fourth yep. one, right? He's got to get him nope. the ball. Nope. Uh, moving three. on to number two in our ADP over the over this month is Jameer Gibbs. Now this might be a surprise to some. Um, there's a lot of a lot of JSN backers out there saying, "Wait a minute, our guy should still be number two. But uh, Jameer Gibbs comes in at two in our ADP. Of course, he played in the Lions' first preseason game. Looked pretty good. Uh, shouldn't be surprised if, if Gibbs goes off number two in a rookie draft right now, though. Yeah. Gibbs really feels like he's like, he's moving up, like he's gaining value. Um, Dan, you and I are in a rookie draft right now where Gibbs was chosen ahead of, um, I, I believe he was chosen ahead of all the, all the rookie quarterbacks in a super flex league. So yeah, he's, he's certainly moving up, obviously did not play this past weekend was given that, uh, kind of that starter rest David Montgomery was as well, which is notable. Um, yeah. Gibbs, Gibbs, Gibbs would be my two pick right now in, in a single quarterback. Uh, yeah. Mine too. I don't blame anybody for going that direction. Number three is Jackson Smith in Jigba and JSN uh, made a highlight play the other day yeah. for the Seahawks. Big catch. I think it went for like 48 yards, got tackled at the one, it's probably good that he didn't score because I got a couple redraft leagues where I still <laughs> okay. need to maybe try to get a share or two. If he scores, it ends up on all the highlights and he moves up around probably. But JSN certainly looked good. That guy, if if he gets 
full-time playing time, he could make a big impact in year one. And he's a bargain in super flex leagues. Sometimes he falls all the way to five, six, maybe even seven in some leagues, Ryan. You know, I mean, I guess obviously we love JSN. I think he's, he's a, a great pick at two or three in those one quarterback leagues. I guess I'm thinking more big picture with this with the Seahawks offense because JSN has certainly gotten a lot of hype this preseason. Uh, we we kind of know what we have in Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. We know about that backfield with the two young uh, running backs back there. And I mean, maybe Matt's kind of been onto something with with this Geno Smith love. Um, the Seahawks yeah. team could be a uh, a, a really explosive team and. I mean, all of these guys are going to get a piece of the pie. It's, you know, kind of like we've always dealt with, with a guy like Tyler Lockett. It's going to be a matter of figuring out which week to roll them out. Four and five in August ADP go Jordan Addison and Quentin Johnston, Ryan. Addison, of course, in the concussion protocol. But I, I saw a blurb on Monday that he was at practice wearing the non-contact jersey. Looks like a relatively minor health scare. Um but something dynasty managers should monitor and Quentin Johnston made a nice catch in the lion or uh, in the chargers game the other day. I, I gotta say, I watched him run routes though. And he looked kind of slow to me. He looked like the big lumbering body that he is. It, it didn't rub me the right way, to be honest with mm. you when I watched Quentin Johnston the other night. Yeah, I didn't actually see that game, so I'm going to have to go back and watch that one. Uh, he did get a lot of playing time early on. Yeah. Um, so that, you know, it's always that battle in the preseason because in, with, with some teams, of course, it's going to be a good a good thing that they're out there and, and getting that early time. Uh, and, and other teams, uh, other yeah, other teams and offenses that could be viewed as a negative, of course, um, we didn't see either of those veterans, Mike Williams or, or Keenan Allen, were not out there. Uh, Johnston played a ton, but yeah, that's I, I don't like to hear that. Um, we again, that same rookie draft I was talking about, we had the choice to take Quentin Johnston, and we passed yeah. on him for um, for a guy coming up here pretty soon, another receiver. Yeah, uh, let's get to Anthony Richardson before we get to him, though. First quarterback in this August single quarterback ADP. Richardson uh, got the night off the other night, but played in week one. Already announced as the starting quarterback for the season. I'm wondering what we feel like the the most likely outcome of his rookie season is. Is it is it Justin Fields in his rookie season, or is it a little bit higher than that? I think it could potentially be higher. I mean, there's there's been a lot of talk and, and the narrative kind of became that Richardson's floor was what we saw from um, from Fields last year, which is, I mean, that I don't think that's realistic as, as far as being his floor, um, especially we're talking year two with Fields and and really had that breakout year, especially as, as a ball carrier. Uh, but Richardson's weapons aren't going to be much better than Justin Fields were last year, uh, especially with these continuing questions with, with Jonathan Taylor looks like he'll probably be back, but who knows with those, uh, with those, a couple of these running backs. Um, I, I'm still counting on, on uh, Richardson as a, as a weekly starter. I think you can draft him and redraft as, as a top 12 guy and you're going to hit those upside weeks and, 
really like with most quarterbacks, you're going to have some, some duds as well. I thought it was a little curious that he didn't play in that preseason game. You'd think a rookie oh, really? quarterback that's, uh, that's like, he needs to, he needs experience. I thought maybe he'd at least get a series with the ones, but that was, I the guess. Case. Yeah. I mean, I guess they, they announced him as the starter so quickly after that first preseason game that I was just kind of assuming he would, he would probably be done as the, uh, you're done with the preseason. So I, I wasn't surprised. I mean, I guess they tried to, you know, they tried to play some games. They, they had him in uniform still, but obviously he, he was not out there. So yeah, we'll, we'll see him in week one. The guy we took in a rookie draft just, uh, just recently here, Zay flowers, the Baltimore rookie man. You can't, you can't look at Twitter or X or whatever they're calling it now. Uh, without seeing a beat writer that's just gushing over Zay Flowers making a move or shaking somebody in the open field. You know, I, I struggle with this, Ryan, because I love Zay Flowers. I love his skill set and his game. But landing in Baltimore with that historically run first offense, and I know they have Munkin now and that new new offensive philosophy, it I, I hope it works the way it's supposed to. Well, I'm I'm trusting in in Todd Munkin for that, um, but also I I just think I think Flowers is already the best receiver on this team. Um, we're talking about Odell yeah. Beckham and Rashad Bateman, so you know even if it's not the high powered uh, offenses that we've seen from Todd Munkin teams in the past, then uh, you know we we can still expect. Uh, solid production from Zay Flowers as the wide receiver one. Maybe not the top target. We're, Mark Andrews still there, but as the wide receiver one in that offense. Dalton Kincaid comes in at eight in this ADP. Three catches for 45 yards versus the Steelers the other day. Josh Allen and head coach Sean McDermott have both commented on Kincaid's progress, that he's making uh, making strides in that offense and they're expecting him to make an impact. He certainly looks like a guy who could make a splash as a rookie. Yeah. Dawson Knox missing some time with an injury. So Kincaid taking advantage of that. Um, I, I like Kincaid a lot. Uh, honestly, though, I think he's overdrafted in rookie drafts and I think he's uh, too high in, in dynasty ADP. I think he's the tight end seven now in our ADP. So both are a little rich for my taste. Yeah, maybe a little bit rich, but that could change. I, I kind of like to hold on to the ability to back up on that uh, just in case things really sure. go his way. Because, I, you know, I've seen the flash that they're talking about over there in Buffalo. Zach Charbonnet comes in at number nine, the second round running back for the Seahawks. Man, he looks pretty, he looks good up there in Seattle. Powerful. I watched that Vikings game. He made, he made Lewis scene. He put Lewis scene in a body bag a couple of times, just ran him over. Scene didn't know what was going on. Uh, Charbonnet is in a split backfield, of course, with another young running back. But even with a split workload, we're going to get some signs this year that, that he has a bright future. Yeah, I mentioned last week Charbonnet was my most drafted uh, rookie overall, and uh, I'm I'm feeling great about that. Of course, Kenneth Walker still missing some time. It, it was a good sign, but really, really a formality that Charbonnet started the game over DJ Dallas. That's not how the uh, preseason game in week one went when Dallas uh, 
Dallas started the game. Charbonnet's the guy I mentioned some concerns with Kincaid. Charbonnet's the guy that I think should move up, even if it's just one or two spots here. Yeah, I don't have a problem with that. Towards the back of the first round of any rookie draft, uh, you really got to take your guy. Uh, the next two running backs that come in at 10 and 11, respectively, are D- Devon A-Chain and Kendra Miller. Both have had injuries here recently, A-Chain, during the game the other night. Uh, Kendra Miller had his injury, and they were talking about how maybe he'd be back for week one, and three days later, he's back at practice. The next day, he's playing in a game. And he honestly, he looked pretty good in the game. If you saw it, Kendra Miller yeah. uh, uh, had a, a couple of nice plays, 10 k- carries for 23 yards in that touchdown, but caught three for 36 versus the Chargers. A-Chain has looked impressive as well, but he's he's like a punt gunner and he's he's like the fourth running back on the field in these rookie or in these preseason yeah. games. We might have to wait on A-Chain. We're probably waiting on Kendra Miller too, but... I guess it's good that we're getting positive signs from both of these guys. Well, I feel a lot better about Kendra Miller right now than I do about a chain. Um, yeah, I that's fair. We, we chatted last week about Miller and he had just suffered that injury. And there were even, uh, you know, some even conversations that maybe week one was in danger. And then he's, he's already back and in, in playing and making plays in the, uh, the preseason game. So, Miller looks great to me. A-Chain, the injury is, is one thing, but playing behind not only Mostert and Jeff Wilson, but playing behind Savan Ahmed and, and Miles Gaskin two weeks in a row, I don't know. Mike, maybe Mike McDaniels is, is playing some of those mind games with us, but this, this, is, this is a little concerning, um, especially you know if you drafted A-Chain in the late first round. Maybe you thought you could use him this year. Um, even his redraft, his underdog ADP has been been pretty high as well. You know, yeah. certainly in the range of, of a guy you think you could get something out of this year. And I think we have to have to have some doubts about that right now. Yeah, we're tempering expectations at this point. The shoulder injury is something of a of some concern. They said week to week on that. Final player in the first round, Sam Laporta, two tight ends in round one, Laporta. Pre-draft, it would people would have laughed at you, Ryan, if somebody who said yeah. Sam Laporta is going in the first round of dynasty rookie drafts. I love Laporta. I love Iowa tight ends. This is too high, even with all the hype in Detroit. Yeah, same kind of same comments I had about uh, about Kincaid. I, I think it's too yeah. high as well. I'm with you. I like the player quite a bit. I uh, got the got the week off or weekend off, did not play uh, just like his teammate Gibbs. So he'll be ready for week one as well. Looks like he has that starter job locked down already. The first pick in the second round in August is Bryce Young. The quarterback uh, looked a little better in week two in the preseason, three for six for 35 yards, led the Panthers to a field goal in one of the drives that he was on the field. Uh, Young is going to, is going to have some ups and downs for sure, but this this kind of feels like an all right spot for Bryce Young if you're in a draft right now. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess. First pick in the second round, as you said. We already saw Anthony Richardson come off the board. Uh, it's several picks, honestly, until we get to C.J. Stroud. So this is a little rich for me based on based on what we've seen so far and really just based on the quarterback value in single quarterback leagues. So I'd, I'd push Bryce Young down a little bit from this spot. 
Yeah, maybe a couple of spots. There's a few names here that that might need to go above Bryce Young. Uh, what about Roshan Johnson? Caught in a three-way committee in Chicago, but certainly looked good playing against second and third stringers against the Colts. Uh, seven carries, 32 yards, also caught a pass for 11. Behind Herbert, for sure, maybe Foreman as well. If you, if you have Roshan Johnson, you're probably looking at November or December before you're getting production out of him. Yeah, I think we have to be patient with Johnson. There's certainly a couple of guys on this list that we haven't mentioned yet that I would prefer over him. So um, maybe based on that, he's he's a little high himself here. Uh, yeah, Herbert has that job based on what we've seen so far. And, and Herbert did not play, whereas Foreman and uh, Roshan did. Foreman got the start. And uh, it wasn't wasn't really much of a committee early on. Um, Johnson is is clearly the third guy here right now. I do still like him long term, and even uh, even for the for the later part of the season, as you suggested. We're going to get into a stretch here of guys that maybe could move up a spot or two in this ADP at fifteen. It's Jonathan Mingo, the Panthers' second round rookie has started alongside DJ Chark and Adam Thielen there in Carolina. If I'm investing in any Carolina receiver, even in the short term, it's going to be Mingo. He had a 15-yard catch the other day and certainly looks the part of a outside receiver that can do some damage. He's raw, but he's a nice value here at 15, according to this ADP. Yeah, that depth chart is is messy in Carolina, and and maybe because there is no clarity, we haven't talked about it a lot. But when it comes down to it, DJ Chark has has just not proven uh, he can stay healthy or or be a real factor for any length of time in his career. And and uh, Thielen, if he's done, that wouldn't surprise very many people at this point. Certainly looked like he was close to done last year. So. This is a big opportunity for not only for Mingo to play, but to be the top target in that offense. Rashi Rice played a lot in week two of the preseason for the Chiefs. He ended up catching eight passes on nine targets for 96 yards. Of course, he went three for 30 in their first preseason game. They're trying to get his feet wet. Do you do you, are you concerned that they could they could treat Rashi just like they did Sky Moore a year ago, and maybe it's a redshirt year with with a little bit playing time late in the season? Or do you think Rice could finagle his way into the lineup as a rookie? I think they have so many questions that if if they feel like they have something there, they have to play him. You know, they don't have that safety net of, of a, a veteran, a reliable veteran like Juju that they had last year. Um they're they're counting now, counting on guys like Sky Moore now and MVS and and uh, perhaps Rashi Rice moves into that group. Right now, it looks like looks like Moore and MVS are, are the guys to have there. It looks like they're going to be uh, the week one starters, uh, but it it wouldn't be a surprise at all, especially based on the plays that we've seen from Rice if he uh, found his his way into the lineup. Yeah, and and really, your play—that's a year two game, uh, year three game with Rashi Rice. You're looking for him to be the number one guy down the road. Tajay Spears comes in at number seventeen in this ADP. Seven carries, fifty-seven yards, and an impressive thirty-three yard touchdown against the Vikings the other day. This guy is missing an ACL, and he looks <laughs> like a human joystick at times. It's impressive. I love this value. This is about where I took him in a super flex mock that we did 
a week ago, Ryan, he's moved up a lot for me. Certainly looks like he could handle a workload if needed, if Derrick Henry goes down, but that's a big F. Yeah. It's, it's weird that so much can change in a, in a week of, uh, of practice notes and a, and a preseason game. But yeah, if we did that mock draft again this week, uh, I think Spears would go even higher than he did last week. It, it feels like he's um, close to locking in that backup running back job for Tennessee. If he, if he hasn't done that already, uh, we've already talked about Tajay Spears because of that, uh, that ACL injury and, and that history there, he's going to be a short-term player. We need to look at him in that two to three year window, not as a guy we're going to have on our roster for a long time. And I think honestly, Tennessee might look at him that way as well. They want to, they want to get what they can, uh, out of him and out of, out of his, uh, out of his legs. So I think we're going to see him play this year. And obviously if there were some, uh, if there were an injury to Derrick Henry, he would be the guy to have. So I'm with you. He's moving up my ranks as well. And, um, here at, at 17 overall, I mean, I want him over Roshan Johnson. I want him over Bryce young, probably want him over Rashi rice as well. Uh, so he's, he's a few spots too low here. He'd be a guy to move. Yeah. Up. Yeah. He, I couldn't agree more at 17. Michael Mayer comes in at 18. Not a lot of loot news out of Las Vegas about Michael Mayer. Finally got his feet wet in a game this over the weekend. Uh, Mayer's just kind of a guy that's hanging around in the middle second round of most dynasty drafts. I could see him him doing that slow burn and and suddenly becoming a good value a few years down the road. But that's kind of where we are with Michael Mayer. C.J. Stroud comes in at number 19 overall. A lot of the same with what we said about Bryce Young. Yeah, absolutely. And we're just talking about a value gap here. Bryce Young, 13 overall, CJ Stroud, 19. Uh, I'd put both quarterbacks down in this range. Here's a guy that you're going to want to talk about at number 20 overall. It's Tank Bigsby. We did that Superflex mock a week ago, Ryan, and you took him higher than that in Superflex. You're high on Tank Bigsby in Jacksonville. Yeah, absolutely. I think he's a, I think he's a first rounder at this point in a single quarterback uh rookie draft. So again, if you've got a, a late one of those coming up, he's a guy I would look at. Uh, I took him in a, in a keeper draft pretty late this past weekend and, and was happy to grab him. He just continues to impress. I mean, the Jaguars, none of their key players played this, this past weekend. I mean, Parker Washington led the, led the uh, receiving group as far as uh, usage. So I don't want to, I don't want to take too much away or, or make too many assumptions but Bigsby's been on the field. He's earned that backup job. He's taken that away from Jermichael Hasty. And, um, you know, like we saw in, in week one, even when ETN was out there, he was mixing in with the ones. Yeah, ETN is, is unquestionable the starter. But Tank yeah. Bigsby yeah. is the short yardage guy and is going to mix in 13 carries for 70 yards. He's got 122 rushing yards on 22 carries in two preseason games already. Looks like a value in dynasty rookie drafts right now if you got them on your roster you're happy about that how about marvin mims and Jaden reed they come in at 21 and 22 mims over there in denver he's got a depth chart problem although broncos fans are probably hoping he gets that number three job Jaden reed on the other hand looks like he has a he has a real solid grip on that number three slot job in green bay how do you feel about these two wideouts 
Yeah, I'm, I'm, I would say I'm more concerned about Reed's depth chart than Mims. I, I feel like Mims has that three job locked up. Of course, we've seen a couple of unfortunate injuries to the Broncos receivers. Uh, Judy and Sutton certainly feel like they're locked in as, as the top two guys, but Mims is, is that third guy. So uh, I'm, I'm happy with him. You know, Reed had the, uh, had the touchdown in the shortened game. Good start for him. And, uh, I don't know. I, I know. I know. We've heard some good news about Romeo Dobbs, and and he looked good. But I, I still just I prefer Reed to Dobbs if we're talking just big picture dynasty, and uh, I think we could see that play out sometime this season. Yeah, Dobbs a fourth round pick a year ago. Reed a second round pick in twenty twenty three. I think I'm concerned. I would say about Mims because of. Of all guys, it's Marquez Calloway. That's one of Peyton's guys. You know, he That's brought right. him in, That's gave right. him the money, and feels like Mims might have to learn for a year, and I didn't really expect that. Speaking of the Packers, Luke Musgrave comes in at 23 in this ADP. He's He's got some hype over the offseason and throughout training camp for sure. Hasn't made that big play in the preseason that might spike his value. Seems like a little bit of a value here considering the cost of the other tight ends in the class, right? I was going to say the same thing. I I just don't know how you take Michael Mayer over Luke Musgrave at this point. Uh, And not only are we seeing that in the ADP, but we're seeing a a half round gap between the two. So uh, based on that, uh, Musgrave feels like, feels like a value uh, leads all leads the Packers in targets this preseason through these two games, or at least the uh, leads the starters in targets. Um, yeah, he's he's another guy like Laporta. He's got that uh, starting tight end job locked down already. Looks like Josh Downs is making a statement as a potential slot receiver for the Colts, and maybe a value here at twenty four overall in this ADP run. I love Josh Downs, so I love to see him making plays. I was I I, I was kind of getting to the point where I was chalking him up to a a long term uh, investment, not necessarily somebody we would see much from this season, especially with questions about that offense with the rookie quarterback and and you know the depth chart in general. So it's it's good to see him making plays, but I, I don't think Josh Downs is going to be a guy we can rely on much this season. But here in this late second round, early third round, a a, a guy worth taking a chance on. Yeah, certainly worth the value. That's two rounds of ADP through 24 players. we got a long ways to go here, Ryan. Let's speed up just a little bit. Jalen Hyatt caught a touchdown the other day for the Giants. He looks like a deep threat as a rookie, but it's a messy situation in New York. Yeah, good to see him get some, uh, some run with the first team. As you said, that depth chart. Who knows what to make of it? I mean, you can make a case for Slayton or Paris Campbell or certainly Hyatt. I like I like Isaiah Hodgins, and we've, we're still waiting on Wandale to come back. So um, the answer really here is probably Darren Waller, but um, investing in those young guys, Hyatt and Wandale Robinson, is probably the way to go. Chase Brown comes in at 26. The Cincinnati running back is certainly behind Joe Mixon on the depth chart. We're not sure exactly where he falls in behind him, though. Yeah, he hasn't really been able to to shake Chris Evans. We've still got Travion Williams there, and I know he's dealing with it, a uh, I believe it's an ankle injury, so kind of a, a messy situation. All of this just makes me want to uh, 
grab more uh, Joe Mixon in, in these underdog drafts we're doing. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Cedric Tillman made an impact throughout this preseason. Six catches for 92 yards. Of course, they've played three preseason games, but lots of highlight plays coming out of Cleveland. Seems like he's settling in maybe a little bit in Cleveland as a guy who's going to mix in as a rookie. Yeah, absolutely. I don't, you know, Tillman was a guy pre-draft that was really starting to get some hype right before the draft started. Looked like he could be maybe an early second round uh, pick in rookie drafts. And then, um, you know, he kind of went in the range we thought he would go maybe a little bit later. I don't mind the landing spot, obviously not necessarily a, a, a sexy high powered offense, but a, a spot where he could be the three and eventually the two. I don't, I don't know why Cedric Tillman's so low on this list at 27 overall. I'd, I want him up uh, right in that Mems and Reed range. Yeah, certainly worth a late second round flyer. Um, I like him in that range as well. A couple more wide receivers here. Tank Dell for Houston, who made the splash in week one of the preseason. And then Michael Wilson, who continues to get headlines in Arizona. Potential bargain for them. He looks like a starter, Ryan. He's starting outside. He's a starting outside wide receiver with Hollywood Brown. Of course, Rondale looks like he's in the slot now. Tank Dell and Michael Wilson are third round values, according to this ADP. Yeah, major values. Uh, again, we know Tank Dell is is one of uh, Matt's guys, so we won't talk too much about him. Ooh. Other other than to say, he got the night off after after that big Week One preseason game. He got the night off in Week Two. That is, uh, I think, a good sign for him, and uh, honestly, kind of surprising to me. Uh, Michael Wilson. He, he was drafted higher than really anybody expected. We just kind of ignored it. You know, one of those uh, situations where we, we think we knew better than, than the NFL team. And maybe we're figuring out that that's not quite the case because Michael Wilson looks like he is going to be a starter from day one, as you said. And um, after Hollywood Brown, there there's a lot of questions about that depth chart. So he could be the second or third option there pretty easily. Yeah, uh, Michael Wilson moving up dynasty rankings for sure. Tank Dell, it did come out that he had a little bit of leg tightness. So maybe that kept oh, him okay. off the field in okay, week that two makes of the preseason. Sense. We'll see how that plays out in the in the third preseason game. Zach Evans comes in at number 30, followed by Dwayne McBride at 31. These two running backs have been quiet in the preseason. Evans ran for 20 yards on eight carries and caught a pass for seven yards in, against the Raiders in their last game, but didn't look all that impressive. Speaking of not that impressive, Dwayne McBride, a guy I kind of liked as a thumper, hasn't done a whole lot throughout the preseason. Ty Chandler certainly passed him on the depth chart, not looking like he's going to have an early role without multiple injuries. At 32 overall, Ryan, it's your guy, Will Levis. Speaking of injuries, he got banged up a little bit in uh, the preseason here or actually in training camp and he was held out he didn't even play in the titans last preseason game levis uh didn't play against the vikings it's looking like he's going to be the qb3 in tennessee to start the season so super flex shares we knew we were gonna have to wait we're certainly gonna have to wait now yeah i mean if he can't if he can't beat out um malik willis after what we saw last year obviously that would be a uh that would be a huge red flag and, and a, a very bad sign. 
another one of your guys is uh, Izzy Abanacanda with the Jets. He got some run the other night and looked yep. pretty good for the Jets. Looking more and more like he's going to make that 53. Yeah, again, I think I said it last week. Just just being that being that rookie, being the, uh, I think it was a fifth round pick, probably ensures him of a roster spot. We'll see if they uh, what they do between Zonovan Knight and uh, um, and Michael Carter. But yeah, Banacanda still a guy I'm, I'm taking shots on. He's falling uh, further and further. I don't I don't even know if this ADP of 33 overall represents where he's he's going in drafts. I, I saw one. Or I'm I'm actually in one where he uh, fell to the late fourth round, so he's he's tumbling. Uh, Banacanda got banged up at the end of that game against the Buccaneers. Banged his knee, I think, against an offensive lineman. They said it's not serious, but so far, 25 carries for 113 yards and a touchdown. Not looking too bad for the Jets. Hendon Hooker hasn't played for the Lions. He is in a redshirt season. It looks like Ryan. Uh, Deuce Vaughn, on the other hand, comes in at 35 in this ADP, and he's a guy that's been moving up Dynasty ADP. Yeah, the hype is the hype is certainly growing for Deuce Vaughn, and uh, I I like Malik Davis there, but Malik Davis hasn't even earned the uh, or hasn't even locked up that RB two job yet. B- between Vaughn and uh, Rico Dowdle are earning some touches as well, so uh, Vaughn's becoming a guy more and more open to. Uh, taking chances on in the late part of a rookie draft or uh, certainly the late part of a startup where, uh, you know, up until the past couple of weeks, I, I was just uh, basically ignoring him. Yeah. He ran five times for 14 yards. And I think his, I think his touchdown was like 13 or 14 yards. Yeah, if I had to bet on who the, who the backup there in Dallas is, I would actually bet on Rico Dowdle right now. He would get the most carries up. I've watched those games and it's crazy. He's looked the best out of all of them to me. Uh, Although Deuce Vaughn looks explosive. Sean Tucker is another mover. I tell you what, Ryan, I watched every carry from Sean Tucker and that guy ain't too bad. He's making a case for the RB2 in Tampa Bay. Uh, He had a really nice run versus the Jets backups that made me watch the, go find the video of all of his carries and I got to say, if you're an RB2 in the NFL, you have dynasty value. Sean Tucker needs to get back on our radars. Yeah, that's fair. Had a had a nice long run, uh, 20, 25 or 26 yards uh, over the weekend and, and led the team in in rushing. But, I mean, we know we liked the the college profile of Sean Tucker before kind of all the, the injury news came out. And we know we like the depth chart. So with, with those two things in his corner, that's enough to to use the 36th overall pick on him or, or, or maybe even higher. I mean, I don't know why Zach Evans is still ahead of him. Luke Schoonmaker comes in at 37. Of course, he's banged up for the Cowboys, not getting a lot of playing time right now, and has slid down dynasty radars because of it. Daenerik Prince is at 38. The Chiefs undrafted rookie is playing on special teams, but looks to maybe be on the roster bubble there in Kansas City. We'll see how that plays out. The next guy comes in at 39, Puka Nakua with the Rams. He's been a favorite of both of ours. Why is he still down at 39? There is an opportunity for him to be a player as a rookie, Ryan. And he is a, he is a, he fits in perfectly with that Rams offense and Sean McVay's philosophies to me. I have no idea what's going on here, how his ADP is below some of these other guys or, or how it's in the fourth round at all. 
Uh, Nakua didn't even play this weekend because he's already locked up, not a starting job, but he's locked up a role as the, as the wide receiver four. Um, and I mean, two, two Atwell is the wide receiver three. So I'm just going to go ahead and, and move, uh, Nakua up the depth chart because, uh, we can, he can step right over two, two Atwell and claim that wide receiver three job. And, uh, and then, and then it's just Van Jefferson. So we're basically locking in Puka as, as the wide receiver too. I don't know how he's 39th overall, uh, move him up 10 spots, 15 spots, maybe. Way too. For low. the record, I like Van Jefferson a little bit still. I think he's the wide receiver too. And for the record, it wouldn't take a moment. lot for Puka for the moment. N- Nakua to step over Tutu Atwell because he's tiny. Uh, Evan Hall comes in at 40 overall in this ADP. Of course, he's backing up, backing up in quotation marks. Of course, Jonathan Taylor, if he ever shows back up. Eric Gray's doing the same for Saquon. In New York, these guys are relying on injuries, although Gray has gotten a little bit of pub in New York. Kayshawn Booty comes in at 42, Ryan. The Patriots rookie uh, didn't look too bad against the Packers the other night. Yeah, Booty had a touchdown. Um, I've got to be, you know, I'm kind of surprised at what we've seen from him these first couple of preseason games after those early camp reports of, of how poorly he was uh, adjusting and, and learning the offense. Um, back to Hall, though, ju- just a messy backfield. The Colts have now given Jonathan Taylor the uh, per- permission to seek a trade. Uh, we'll see how that one plays out. It's Evan Hull, and, and I still like Zach Moss, and Deion Jackson is there. So, I mean, I guess I would I would gamble on the rookie. And, again, if you're talking about a rookie running back in the fourth round that has a chance at a real role, then – then that's a reasonable pick. I would I would prefer Hull to to Eric Gray and and actually to to Kayshawn Booty as well. To jump back to Boote, he he made a play. I saw the video against the Packers. They had mixed practice this week. Uh, long touchdown catch, and that was a sick route that he ran. I that was surprising to me. He probably should be on our radar at the very least. Darnell Washington comes in at 43, Charlie Jones at 44. We have Xavier Hutchinson at 45, A.T. Perry at 46, who's made some waves down there in New Orleans, made some nice plays. Uh, You see those highlights from practice. He made a play in the game the other day. Trey Tucker comes in at 47, and uh, Tucker – excuse me, Tyler Scott at 48 for the Bears. One guy that wasn't listed here, Ryan, Trey Palmer for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He has two touchdowns in two preseason games. Russell Gage is out for the season. He could get playing time as a rookie. Any of these guys at the end of these drafts catching your eye? I mean, I'm kind of interested in A.T. Perry uh, in that, in that, on that Saints depth chart. He, he would be the one of the group you just mentioned that, that I would use that, Uh, that fourth round pick on man it's uh there's some value down there trey palmer don't sleep on trey palmer and then demario douglas he was like a sixth or seventh rounder he looked good in practice against the packers as well saw some highlights of that whispers that he could potentially be the a patriot slot receiver and mix in there he's a long-term guy two for 17 against green bay on saturday night but a guy that uh at least you heard the name Let's talk trade. 
I said we'd get through at least 40 rookies, Ryan. We did it. We made it. We I think we hit 50, actually. Um, let's talk trade here. Ryan, you put together some trade value risers and fallers from the TLF Trade Analyzer. Uh, let's hear about these guys. Yeah, I actually had an article post uh, on Monday about the uh, – the August trade value chart. So really just taking a look at our uh, trade values that we use for the DLF trade analyzer. Um, Definitely check out that article, but uh, I I cap off that article with the risers and the followers, the players who have gained the most value or lost the most value over the past month. And um, there's, there's a few surprises here and and a few names that you know are coming. Uh, We can start with the risers here. Dan, this happens every time, every year, this time of year. The closer we get to fall, the closer we get to week one, the closer we get to submitting a lineup, our brains change. And it goes away from those those rookies that we were just talking about or those young players with big upside. And, and it moves to who can I start? Who do I feel good about clicking that button on? And all of a sudden, the, those veterans, even if they are 30 years old or older, start looking pretty good. So Cooper Cup is up 78 points, uh, gained 78 points of trade value over the past month. Devontae Adams, plus 48. Darren Waller, plus 47. And Nick Chubb, plus 42. Uh, those are four of the top 10 risers of the past month. Uh, any surprise this- there? No, this is a who's who of yeah of redraft uh, first and second rounders, really, or guys that are, have been valued way higher and dynasty managers have been selling over the last handful of months, right? Uh, the name that really sticks out to me right there, Ryan, is Darren Waller. He's getting a lot of, a lot of hype in the redraft yeah. community right now because of everything he's doing in camp. He's looking like the you know, quote unquote, wide receiver one for the Giants. He's going to be that top target earner. Certainly looked good the other night for the Giants. Got three quick targets in that game. And and uh, it was clear at that point that Daniel Jones was looking his way, that that coaching staff was going to use him. The question for dynasty managers and really fantasy managers everywhere is, can his body hold up? Can he stay healthy, stay on the field for us, uh, play 14, 15 games for dynasty players and the Giants? If so, Darren Waller is going to score a lot of fantasy points, it looks like. Yeah, for sure. Waller has definitely been one of those guys moving up. I mean, Cooper Cup's uh, locked in really all offseason as a first-rounder in in those redraft leagues. Uh, Nick Chubb has moved up into that range as well. I guess guess I'm surprised to see Devontae Adams on here. Yeah, he was the surprise of the group for me, too. Yeah, I mean, again, we know the mentality and the veterans gain value this time of season, this time of year. So I, I get that piece of it, but still some questions about that offense in general, about uh, if Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be able to to get Adams the ball. They did add, um, you know, they add a guy like Jacoby Myers, and there's the Josh Jacobs questions. Just just a lot of kind of messiness uh, with the Raiders right now. So I was surprised to see Adams gaining that much value over the past month. One guy I'm not surprised to see gaining value is one of our favorites. Amon Ross St. Brown really just continues his, his steady climb uh, up, up the wide receiver ranks. He's now the wide receiver seven based on our trade analyzer data. And he's gained 36 points 
over the past month. Um, he's ahead of guys like Chris Olave that, that we really like. And, um, he's, he's, he's set his sights on Jalen Waddle. That's the next guy that, that I think St. Brown will overtake. And, you know, St. Brown is another guy who is a first rounder in redraft ADP, uh, or at least right on, right on that edge, first, second rounder, his, his redraft ADP, um, is, you know, getting dangerously close to his dynasty ADP, which is eight overall right now. Yeah, and that usually signifies that dynasty managers aren't even high enough on him, right? There might be a exactly. few names. You mentioned Waddle's name. I'm taking Amon Ra over him. In 16 games last season, 146 targets, 106 catches, over 1,100 yards and six touchdowns. He was dynamic all year long. And I don't think there's anything that's changed in Detroit that would make make us feel like like he's not going to push for 150 targets, 100 plus catches, 1200 yards and and who mo- knows how many touchdowns, right? Amon Ra might be undervalued even though he's on this list of risers. Yeah, I totally totally agree. Um I guess the other noteworthy event of of the past month to really push St. Brown up even more yeah. Is uh is of course the troubles of his teammate Jamison Williams. We already right. know he's suspended the first six games. He's got a little injury now and uh really just seems to be kind of a jerk. So um all those things working <laughs> well together <laughs> all those things working together just keep pushing St. Brown up the charts, and I like that. Uh we had some fallers, and and this was the name I was referencing that will not be a surprise. Jonathan Taylor was the biggest faller of the past month. Uh, he goes from eight uh, from a trade value of eight hundred and sixty two in July uh, to seven hundred sixteen in August. He loses one hundred and forty six points of trade value. And just for reference, I have no idea why Josh Allen is losing value, but uh, Josh Allen's actually the second biggest value loser. Uh, he lost seventy one points. So so JT lost more than double the amount of value than any other player over the past month. Now. The, the Colts seem like they're open to moving on from Taylor. If he can find a trade partner, if he can find somebody willing to uh, give up, you know, whatever the Colts might be asking for second rounder, I would think would certainly do it. Maybe even a later pick than that. Um, Taylor's the tough one. He's going to bounce back. Uh, I mean, we know he's not, he's not going to continue trending down but I don't think he ever gets back to where he was certainly as the one Oh one, but I don't even, I don't think he'll ever be the dynasty RB one again. Yeah, maybe not. It's, it's such a saga there in Indianapolis, you know, Ursay was mad and said all the stuff he said. Then he, then he said this past weekend that he's excited to have JT back on the team and Chris Ballard's caught in the middle of it. The GM yeah. for the, the Colts. He's, he's like, I'm going to do my best to calm the waters or whatever that quote was. So I don't know what's going on. This, like this Taylor thing, that could have been, that was startup worthy, right? But it's all just hearsay. We don't, we don't know what's going to happen there. It feels, the last thing I heard on Monday morning was Taylor was going to go to Philadelphia for, for practices with the Eagles. And he wasn't going to participate because of the ankle or, you know, all this, there's so many twists and turns in this story that you don't know what to believe. You know, I think about the other running backs that have gone through this and the guys that are holding out now, like Saquon was, and they gave him more money. And you remember um, 
Austin Eckler was hmm. looking for a trade earlier in the offseason, but he couldn't get anything worked out with any other team. So the Chargers gave him a few more bucks. I honestly thought that's how this was going to end up. The, the Colts would say, here's this. Let's play out the year. Let's see where we land. And it doesn't seem like that's where it's going to be unless there's some kind of twist where no team wants Jonathan Taylor. I don't, that seems unlikely. No team wants to pay for a running back, uh, especially when they have to give him a contract and uh, give up some draft compensation. So we'll see if if his camp can uh, can find a trade partner. Uh, most of the other players, or at least several other players on the top 10 fallers list, we're all about injuries, and JT could be mixed into that group as well. Uh, just yeah. uh, injury uncertainty. Are these guys going to be ready for week one? Uh, are they going to have a diminished role? Kyle Pitts down 69 points. Kyler Murray down 60 points. Brees Hall, 57. Traylon Burks just suffered the injury last week. He's down 52. And Jamison Williams, the name we mentioned earlier, down 46 points. We know he will not be ready for week one uh, for other reasons. Uh, I don't know. Are, are, are all of these guys automatic buys in, in your mind, Dan? They're, they're losing value mostly because of injury. So let's take advantage of that. Well, I'm buying the dip on most of these guys, per, particularly Taylor and Kyle Pitts. Uh, I'm, I'm willing to go in on those guys. Kyler Murray, absolutely. Brees Hall, for sure. Traylon Burks seems like he's settled back into where he should be. Jamison Williams, I am leery of at the very least. You said it earlier and said it well. He might just be a jerk. There, you know, things things aren't working out for Jamo in Detroit right now. And I don't know. He was a I was very excited about Jamison Williams. I thought he developed that ability to work the short to intermediate part of the field. And we have seen nothing that suggests that's the case. He might just be that burner, that deep threat that makes trouble off the field and can't quite stay on the field. And those, those things never add up to like a dynasty darling that we all want on our teams. I traded him away here a couple weeks ago and I'm glad I did. Yeah. I, I don't have any of those shares, but I'd be ready to move on if I did, but yeah, I'm with you. Um, this, this feels a little weird. It's the wide receivers that I'm mostly staying away from here and Burks and yeah, Williams that's not and typical. I know, and, and willing to invest in the others, Taylor, Pitts, Kyler, and Brees Hall. Brees Hall, man, I, I wish there was a dip that I could buy in leagues. I did it once this offseason. I wish there was one more dip because I tell you what, Delvin Cook doesn't scare me, right? Not not in the slightest. He's still my RB2. I still want him over, over all running backs except for Bijan there in Atlanta. So, yeah. I guess, man, we hit a lot. Of, every time Matt's out of here, we hit on a, a lot of players. You know, we can we can get we can get the content out. I think it's Matt that holds us back. He's slowing us down. Yeah, he's just slowing us down. We hope he's back next week. We'll we'll check in on that. For Ryan, I'm Dan. Thanks for listening to this episode of the DLF Dynasty Podcast. We'll catch you again next week. Thank you for listening to the DLF Dynasty Podcast. Please remember to rate and review and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.